0: Samantha, you look more like a Heather. Do you ever get that? It's nice to finally meet you in person!
1: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, The Rustling Life.
0: Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 228. It is March the 5th, 2020. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam. There's so much to discuss this week.
1: And as always, so (laughs) many things that we cannot talk about.
0: That's correct. Alright, we are recording this uh, very late on Wednesday night after the Wednesday Night War shows. uh, An NXT show that saw... Double cage matches, or sorry, two cage matches, not double cage matches, and an AEW Dynamite show that followed up their pay per view on Saturday. I guess let's start with that pay per view. Oh, what'd you think of the Revolution show?
1: Well, it was a, a very good show. Um, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega Adam Page match was incredible. It's great, great stuff. Um everything you want out of a modern professional wrestling match, I think. And, uh, and the Orange Cassidy and Pack match was uh, just so much fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, the main event was not a great match, or maybe even like that good of a match. <laughs> but I thought the, the finish was really well executed and uh, kind of a surprise result uh, with, with Moxley winning the title. Do you think it was too soon, or do you think it's it's okay for now?
0: I don't know. I think it's fine. Like, I I wouldn't have booked the match, I don't think, if you were going to screw Moxley, you know, or have him just lose. So, yeah. That's fine. I mean, like, they built the thing up for practically three months on television. So, I thought it was all right. Uh, yeah. Um, Jericho can't do anything anymore. <laughs> i mean he's he's a tremendous character and a tremendous promo, but physically he can't do anything anymore and and, and I don't like his matches because of that
1: yeah, I think there the more smoke and mirrors he uses, it's usually for the better, and it's had some of it with the crowd brawling and him grabbing the camera and all that stuff and all the interference by the inner circle. But yeah, the uh, the actual you know the the meat of the match was not uh, particularly inspired, and yeah, that it seems to be in large part to the fact that he can't he can't do much anymore. <laughs> he can kind of still do all of his signature things in slow motion, yeah. But he doesn't really have the ability to like have a put together modern pro wrestling match. <laughs>
0: Very, very, very very much so. Yeah, the tag match was great. I didn't think it was the greatest tag match of all time. I thought it was the greatest tag match I saw this year so far. Sure. Um, and... Uh, it's very difficult to criticize their women's division because I feel like a lot of the criticism of their women's division doesn't come from a good place. Mm-hmm. But... I am actually trying to come from a good place when I say that (sighs) Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander almost killed each other. (laughs) And not because their match was so physically intense or because they were beating each other really hard or anything like that. Like they did dangerous things that they did not have the skill to pull off properly. And Chris Statlander almost broke her leg and Nyla Rose almost broke her neck. <laughs> like, like they yeah. should not. They should really, really tone things down if they're not capable of pulling off some of the uh, the higher risk stuff.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't think that's an insult to them. They're both still relatively inexperienced, and I don't think it's unfair to suggest that maybe maybe you put together. A match that's more focused on the characters, or more focused on, uh, you know, built if 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 you have to build it around maybe a little bit more comedy, whatever you need to do to, if you, if you don't think they can adequately pull off these giant moves without hurting each other, then yeah, that's that's a problem. And obviously, I'm sure they're they're all working very hard to get better. And there are obviously some very talented people there, but. Yeah, it, that that match was kind of a perfect storm of it was cold, it was following, uh, you know, one of the best matches of the year so far, and then it also uh, wasn't good and didn't have a didn't have a strong story behind it, and they and then people nearly died in it. So, <laughs> yeah, bad night at the office. I think it's fair to say.
0: Certainly um dynamite this week i thought was another good show they're on a good run here i didn't think the in-ring was particularly good but it was more about setting up new programs stuff like that and jake the snake roberts of all people appeared on this show (laughs) gotta say i didn't i didn't see that coming
1: no i mean i guess if you do some some math i mean he's a obviously friends with ddp who is, you know, one of Cody's one of Cody's uh, you know, six granddads that he that he keeps around. Um, so I guess it's it kinda makes sense. But uh <laughs> yeah, it was very it was pretty random. Um but it, yeah, he showed up and he's gonna be managing someone and uh, I guess. I guess now we we wait and see. Uh, is, is that is that a Luke Harper? Is that a Lance Archer? Who knows?
0: Yeah, good question. They they did advertise Lance Archer, the debuting Lance Archer for the show this week, and he was not on it, which is very <laughs> odd. Uh, so maybe they changed their plans. But yeah, I definitely think Luke Harper needs somebody to talk for him, and. I guess if Jake's a reliable human being <laughs> That's that's a good role for Jake Roberts in 2020, I guess. I don't know. I thought Jake was good tonight. Let's see if Jake can make TV every week, you know.
1: Yeah, and uh <laughs> maybe get a maybe uh, get a haircut, Jake.
0: He's trying to be cool. I'm more concerned that his teeth are going to fall out. Like he has the largest fake teeth i've ever seen in my life <laughs> uh-huh. and i'm just concerned that like he's gonna do a biden and they're gonna fall out of his mouth while he's speaking or something like that
1: very possible hopefully his eyes don't bleed in the middle of a speaking <laughs> uh moment like biden's did
0: forgot about that oh boy i never will all right <laughs> <laughs> awesome Alright, oh boy. Darby Allin was a superstar, I thought, on Dynamite this week. He's very clearly something something special. I don't know if the plan is to go with him and Jericho next. I don't know if the plan is for Jericho and Moxley to rematch. I didn't get a a super strong uh, feel on that based on the show tonight. Uh, do you got any, any any sense of kind of what's going on there?
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously the the not war games can't call it war games, war games matches coming. You would think Inner Circle is one of those teams. Yes. Um, whether or not it's but the Inner Circle also beat up both Cody and Dustin and QT Marshall tonight and Moxley and Darby, so I mean, maybe that's the five-person team. Then is Moxley, Darby, and uh, the Cody crew against against the Inner Circle uh, in War Games. You you could certainly do that. Um, I guess it's been reported now that Jericho's taking is going to be taking some time off at some point to do a Fozzie tour or whatever. Yeah. And so you have to write him out of television somehow, whether or not. And obviously, they kind of tease that already tonight um so whether or not yeah whether or not he just gets thrashed in the war games match and is taken out on a stretcher or you do you build some kind of maybe a singles match with him and darby or him and moxley where he he just keeps throwing out that that challenge if if i don't do this i'll leave the company for 60 days or whatever and he keeps doing what he says and then finally he gets back to the title match or the match with Darby or whatever. And he finally does actually lose and has to leave for a while. Like I could see them doing something like that.
0: Yeah. I think by the way, it's super insulting that QT Marshall is in the nightmare family and I am not. <laughs> <laughs> Look, like, like if that guy can get in anybody, anybody could be in the nightmare family.
1: It's true. I, I, Look. You I just you just want one of those track suits. I get it.
0: And I don't want I don't want the ones that you buy on Pro Wrestling Tees. I want the monogrammed ones like <laughs> with like Ethan on the on the, yeah. on the Right. Anyway, yeah, QT Marshall is the biggest wrestling geek I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like I cannot believe.
1: I mean, he's a great like Barry Horowitz type. <laughs> like you know, a guy who is there to get beaten. <laughs> that's a fine role. The fact that he's like gonna be Dustin's partner. We were talking last week about potential tag partners for Dustin Rhodes and you know what? QT Marshall is not lighting my world on fire as far as a partner for Dustin Rhodes, <laughs> if that's gonna be a full time team.
0: Yeah, sure, sure sure seems like it is, based on I mean they gave him Dustin, they gave him Brandy. Yeah, they just it just had that fountain of charisma. Jake Hager beat him. (laughs) Clean as a sheet. By the way, Jake Hager sucks. Like, (laughs) I thought he was good years ago, and like a really underused big man. No, man, he sucks. He can't... (laughs) He he
1: looked really good when he wrestled Christian and John Cena. And I think (laughs) maybe that tells you that Christian and John Cena were very good wrestlers.
0: Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, righty, uh, NXT time. Well, let's discuss the NXT show tonight. I believe that the heels won both cage matches. <laughs> yeah,
1: although uh, I, Velveteen Dream got to stand, or unless you're talking about Velveteen Dream being the heel, which he kind of is in, <laughs> in, the, in this feud. but Yeah. Um, yeah, he, yeah, it seems like they're heading for Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream for the NXT title um and the only the, I didn't get to see a lot of NXT I thought the I did see the finish of the Tegan Knox Dakota Kai cage match it was very clever yeah and uh there's a very short like pre-taped Johnny Gargano thing where with him yelling at Mara Ronaldo that yes. was really really good
0: okay all right, good times. Yeah, this show appeared to be uh, built around the Undisputed Era getting their heat back. And what better way to set up Velveteen Dream for a match with Adam Cole than to have him lose to one of Adam Cole's lackeys?
1: <laughs> yeah, although he did get to lay out Adam Cole after, after the match. You know, he got his heat back, which begs the question why didn't he just win? Right. It's going to be challenging for the title. But that's right. that's that's the main roster booking right. that is slowly more and more seeped into the NXT show every week.
0: Yeah, it's it's Roderick Strong. He's not even North American champion anymore. Like you right. can you can beat him. Yep, but they're, beat him they're last they're, week. <laughs> yeah, they that show's very good and solid most of the time. I'm just nitpicking it because it really stood out to me tonight that the, at the end of the day, this is still a Triple H booked promotion, and heels are going to win a lot. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, we. Recorded on a Thursday last week, which was after the Super Showdown show, which saw Bill Goldberg win the Universal title, uh, which I still haven't seen because every time I try to rewatch it, I fall asleep. The shows are like the best sleeping pills ever. The Saudi shows are tremendous for that. But Roman Reigns just came out on SmackDown and said he's wrestling Goldberg, and no one stopped him and no one said uh, no. So Goldberg and Roman Reigns—they just announced the match. Normally, I would have a problem with it, except I don't care, and I don't think you need a whole lot of Gaga to get to Roman and Goldberg, and I think it's fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think everyone knew that was the match, and so if you did a chamber match, and I had to listen to Tom Phillips tell me that, uh, you know, Sheamus or even Daniel Bryan had a chance to go to WrestleMania and wrestle Goldberg, <laughs> um, I, I'm okay with just skipping that uh, that malarkey and, and going straight for the for what we all knew the destination was. So yes. yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that.
0: There, believe it or not, there's a WWE pay per view this Sunday, and huh. they're in, they're in Philadelphia, and I think Philadelphia is going to crap all over this show. I really do. It's at least with what they have announced so far, like, this is the weakest pay-per-view card (laughs) maybe I've ever seen from WWE.
1: Is this going to be another one of those shows where they just don't announce anything until, like, the day of the show on Twitter?
0: Maybe. Like, there's always a couple matches where they do that, because I think think they think it helps (laughs) to do that. But, like, look at... Let's just... Let's talk about the card and what they have announced so far. Uh, Andrade is wrestling Humberto Carrillo for the United States Championship because all the Latino wrestlers can only wrestle each other. Uh,
1: the Bill Watts rule.
0: Right. Um, I mean, the ver- one of
1: his rules, you know. He mm-hmm. had a few.
0: Yeah. Uh, the very problematic Jerry Lawler uh, seemed to think that all both uh, on Raw on Monday – it was Andrade and uh, what's his name? Garza against Angel Garza against Umberto Curio and Rey Mysterio. And Jerry Lawler seemed to intimate that all four of these men were related when, in fact, they are not.
1: <laughs> yes. He, at the very least, referred to Andrade and Garza as Umberto's two cousins. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. He's... he's extremely
0: problematic. And I can't believe he's still on television. Yeah. Uh, spe- By the way, congratulations to John Layfield on being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame this year, speaking of extremely problematic. <laughs> but anyway, so the match will be good, but it won't have any heat, right? I mean, Andrade and Humberto, like they finally gave Umberto a win on Monday, but I think that's the first match he's ever won on Raw.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've seen this match a few times before Andrade got hurt, or I'm sorry, not got got hurt, got suspended, got yeah. hurt on TV. Um and it was fine, but it's it's not anything that's going to light our world on fire. And you wonder why if Umberto is getting this title shot, why Angel Garza beat him like three weeks in a row? But again, that's just sort of what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's I'm sure it'll be a fine match. But it, I think, as we talked about last week, the intrigue and the interest going forward is going to be what they do with angel garza and andrade and zelina vega as a unit and humberto's just kind of kind of be a guy <laughs> yeah yeah
0: there's an important one important tweak that i would suggest to angel garza for his pants gimmick mm. and it's the it's the Chi in new japan gimmick it's where like if when Garza takes his tearaway pants off himself, it's a big celebration. Mm-hmm. But if if someone else pantses him, he needs to cover up as if he's just been <laughs> he's just been exposed. It's like it's like the the cherry on top of that gimmick that makes it just give it that extra something special. I agree. <laughs> Alistair Black is wrestling AJ Styles in a no DQ match on this show. I. I don't know AJ Styles. They're gonna they're gonna kill Alistair Black. Like the DQ rule, there is there. I'm assuming to allow the OC to help AJ win. But then at that point, why don't you just let AJ beat you know Cedric Alexander again or something like that <laughs> instead of killing Alistair Black, who you've actually put some time and TV time into trying to get over over the last four or five months, you know.
1: So you don't buy the theory that they're going to switch it to a tag? Uh, it's going to be Pop Pop and Alistair together.
0: I don't no.
1: No, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think it's it's WrestleMania time, and we got to heat we got to heat somebody up for the Undertaker to beat. <laughs> and so, yeah, he's gonna. He's, we don't have any, and we look and Vince looked around. What are baby faces that we could feed AJ Styles? Well, Cedric Alexander's dead. Don't want to feed him Ray right now. Don't uh, you know Joe's Joe's suspended. Kevin Owens is busy. I ah, guess that Alistair Black. That's well. I mean, it certainly can't certainly can't be Ricochet. I mean, he's he might be lower than Cedric Alexander on the totem pole at the moment.
0: It, I think it's time to start questioning. Like, did Ricochet piss somebody off? Like, it's one thing.
1: Yes, he pissed someone off by being 5'9 and 150 (laughs) pounds.
0: Like, you can... can, Like, Brock matches are whatever. Brock matches in Saudi Arabia are even more whatever. Like, I don't think it's a good sign that Brock gave him zero offense in that match, but I was willing to, like, play it off as just, oh, well, that's just Brock. But then he... (laughs) Ricochet did a clean job to the 24-7 champion on Monday Night Raw. (laughs) Yep. There's no explanation for that. Other than, he must have pissed someone off.
1: It's Very possible. But again, I feel like sometimes they just do that to small wrestlers, (laughs) because they feel like it. And Riddick Moss is tall and muscular, and Ricochet is short. So, he could you know, there's an old story that Scott <laughs> Hall has told uh, about when he was like a job guy and he was working a television taping or something. And Terry Funk took him aside and said, don't get too good at doing jobs because it's all they're going to want you to do. Mm-hmm. And I think about that when I watch Ricochet bumping his ass off for Riddick Moss, maybe maybe you're you're too good at doing jobs man
0: it's really frustrating we were discussing this a little bit off the air when i was not watching raw live i watched it on dvr later and you sent me a message that said ricochet just did a clean job to riddick moss (laughs) yes I, i cannot believe this but isn't that the trade-off? If you're like under six foot two and you sign with WWE, like the trade the trade-offs are you're going to get rich by signing there, and and the flip side of that is, well, they're also going to ruin your career because you're <laughs> under six foot two, right? So Ricochet will be a rich man, and we shouldn't feel too sad for him for that reason, but also. Uh, his career will be ruined because he's under six foot two.
1: Yeah, that's... <laughs> look, if he went there thinking he was going to have the career that yeah, Shawn Michaels had or Rey Mysterio had or even Daniel Bryan has had, he's an idiot. <laughs> he is a G-darn idiot if he thought that was what was going to happen. Because all of those people... Got very lucky and very fortunate, and were in the right place at the right time. And when the cases of Ray and Daniel Bryan, Vince McMahon still had to be dragged, kicking, and screaming into pushing them for a half of a minute before he them, went right back to killing them. Um, so if he thought it was going to go any other way, he is a moron and deserves ridicule. <laughs> But yeah, if he went there because he's done his art and he, I mean, he's been wrestling a long time, man. Like, yeah. I know he kind of burst onto the in like the bigger indie scene and in maybe like two, 2014, 2013. But, I mean, he had been wrestling a real long time. and If he's like, you know what? I did the starving artist thing. I've done my art and now I'm there to make. Uh, now I'm just going to go make some money. All right, man. You know, this is this is what you're going to do. And if you're okay with that, great man. you know he met his you know his his girlfriend now, and he, I'm sure he's very happy in in his personal life and yeah, I just I, I don't think anyone anyone that signs with WWE expecting any sort of artistic fulfillment, I have no sympathy for in uh, in the year 2020. <laughs>
0: Uh, the Street Profits are going to defend their newly won Raw Tag Team titles against the former champions Seth Rollins and Murphy. Oh. All seems to be a setup to get to Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens, presumably at WrestleMania. Um, it's fine. I, the crowd on Monday, was they were like throwing babies in the air. <laughs> they, were, they were so happy when the Street Profits won the Raw Tag Titles. And while... In storyline, there's no way you can make sense of the Street Profits like losing three title shots and then getting one last shot and winning. There's not a whole lot of ways you can make that good. But yeah. I, I thought, I, I mean, with that aside, I thought that it was a nice little moment when they won the Raw Tag Titles on
1: Monday. Yeah, they're they're a great act. You know, I've, I've seen them live quite a few times over the years on these NXT shows. And every time I was struck by... One, I felt like they got better in the ring every time I saw them. And two is that there was that just innate ability that, uh, I mean, especially Montez Ford has. I actually think Dawkins has, is the rare guy whose uh, personality and charisma have improved on the main roster. <laughs> um, that doesn't really happen very often, but I actually think he's much more likable and interesting. Uh, and Montez Ford is still Montez Ford, so... Uh, yeah, they're really talented guys, and it's nice for them to get that moment. And I do want to mention, I don't know if we've discussed this on the show, but uh, I discovered or realized like three weeks ago that uh, we're doing ECW again with this feud. Uh, uh, Seth Seth is Raven, and he's got his flock. Mm. And uh, Kevin Owens is Tommy Dreamer, the lovable loser, every man. And... Uh, this week on the show, uh, Seth Rollins, after getting, uh, ha- having Owens cost in the title, said he is going to crucify Kevin Owens. And I think that might literally happen. <laughs> and they're going to redo the Sandman-Raven crucifixion gimmick.
0: Cool. worked so great the first time.
1: Yes, it's uh, <laughs> the angle credited with Kurt Angle not signing with ECW, I believe.
0: Yep, almost Chase Curry out of the wrestling business.
1: Yep. What a world.
0: Unbelievable. All right. on 3-0-1 handicap match for the Intercontinental Championship is taking place <laughs> at WWE Elimination Chamber. Braun Strowman is wrestling Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn in a Let's Bury Everybody handicap match for the Intercontinental title. Like, who cares? Who could possibly just, care about
1: this? I was There's two things. One... Uh, in like some bizarro world, uh, this is like the greatest Shikara King of Trios team of all time.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: Nakamura, Claudio Castagnoli, and El Generico. Yeah. Um, and then my other thought was it would be really really funny if uh, not uh, if Sami Zayn and Cesaro cut the exact same promo that the best friends cut for Orange Cassidy last week, <laughs> where they tell. Pelbron, oh, you're gonna be in trouble this time mister because this time Nakamura is actually gonna try <laughs> maybe that would be a little too like inside baseball
0: I, I, I don't know man I would I, I wouldn't mind seeing it like that's it, fine
1: I just thought that was, I just that popped into my head this week and I thought you know what that could work that would be really funny if they were like actually this time. Nakamura is going to actually try to have a good <laughs> wrestling match.
0: Yes. Since the last time they did this, it, it went so great, they're going to do it again. They're going to do an Elimination Chamber tag team match for the SmackDown tag titles. And like, I feel like half the guys that were in that first one on that show in like 2015 are <laughs> also in this match <laughs> with, with the Usos and Dolph Zigglers in it. And I think think Calisto was in that one, but anyway, I think it's Dorado and Metalik. They're going to be representing their oh. team in this one. Anyway, uh, the Miz and Morrison versus the New Day versus the Usos versus Lucha House Party versus Ziggler and Rude in a tag team chamber match. Remember that that. that Tag team elimination chamber match like five years ago, where Dolph was just screaming spots in 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 the ring, and it was like the worst one of the worst <laughs> matches you have ever seen. That well, actually we...
1: wasn't the the tag team one; that was an Intercontinental title match where the Ryback won the Intercontinental title. Oh. It was on the same show as the tag team one. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that, was, that was the sa- that was definitely the same show. But that was, uh, oh. yeah, that was, yeah, it was, somebody's chamber pod fell open. Yeah. And Ziggler and, like, Mark Henry and R-Truth <laughs> were all just, like, standing around staring at each other. And then, yeah, Ziggler just started shouting spots at the top of his lungs. Yeah, it was wild. He had,
0: yeah, he didn't have a great track record in that. That's right. That Because in the tag team one, like, Callisto, like, climbed to the top of the chamber and like did some kind of flip off the top of. Them. Yes. Right. It I like, remember this now.
1: Yeah. It was like new day. And I believe Titus O'Neil and Darren Young won that match. Um, and yeah, the new, but yeah, to your point, new day, Kalisto, <laughs> the Usos were, I'm sure all in that match. And here we are five years later and uh time is a flat circle. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that it is. Uh, Anyway, it doesn't matter who wins this. Uh, John Morrison came back, by the way, and as you pointed out, it's just slotted immediately as a geek again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they didn't even, like, pretend they were going to do something with him to give him, like, the thanks for coming back. Like, you made the right decision, buddy. And, like, give him, like, three weeks where he, you know, wrestles a main eventer or something. No, he is immediately right back as Mm -hmm. a nothing-happening tag team guy.
0: And then, presumably, the main event on this show, although I don't know, given this lineup, I have to assume something else is going to be added to this show. But uh, the women's elimination chamber match for the shot at Becky Lynch at WrestleMania it's Natalia versus Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler versus Asuka versus Ruby Riot versus Sarah Logan. Baszler had a match on Raw on Monday. Do you remember who she wrestled? I can't remember for the life of me.
1: Kyrie Saint.
0: Oh right, right, right! She wrestled Kyrie. Scene. I, I could like they gave him a decent amount of time. I don't know, went like eight or ten minutes or something. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm watching this, trying to envision Vince McMahon watching this match. And I'm like, there is no chance that Vince McMahon is enjoying this, <laughs> and <laughs> is and is understanding the Shayna Baszler. Like understanding her character because of how much he was ordering Lawler and Becky Lynch to goof off on commentary. <laughs> like, there is no way that Shane DeBazzler is going to get any kind of push. I just, I refuse to believe it, particularly based on that on Monday. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Uh, what do you think of this chamber match?
1: I I don't, I, it's, uh, it's hard to get a feel on how Vince feels about anything um, but yeah I mean that that did strike me I thought it was an odd choice and I understand that the match was originally meant to be Asuka versus Shayna and so I guess they had it slotted for a certain amount of time and wanted it to be a competitive back and forth match but once it wasn't going to be Asuka um, Shayna probably should have just killed her as much as I'm not necessarily a fan of feeding the tag champions to, uh, <laughs> to the main eventers, which is Vince McMahon's favorite thing to do. Uh, yes. never loved anything as much as that guy <laughs> loves feeding his tag champions to main eventers. Yes. Um, yeah. Having, having just, there was no heat to the match. And, uh, which is funny because those, those two, Shayna and Kyrie had a pretty heated match in Brooklyn. In fact, uh, at one of those NXT takeovers a few years ago. um, But yeah, it was just my my frustration with that beyond the match maybe going too long was like two weeks ago on the show, Becky Lynch got bitten in the neck by Shane of the Vampire, yep, and she drove the ambulance away and then she drove (laughs) it back, yes, and she cut this promo which you said was like the best promo of the last ten years or whatever you said, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) in that promo. Okay. And in that promo, <laughs> Becky is like, you know, I'm going to get you the second we're in the same room. I'm coming after you, Shayna. Yeah. And then this week she came out cosplaying as Conor McGregor, yeah. which to me does not make her look like a big bigger star. It makes her look like she's cosplaying as a big star, which makes her come off as not a star to me. Yes. Um, and she was putting the king's hat on and she's wearing big, goofy sunglasses. And she's joking and she's laughing and she's all full of herself. And oh my God, you know, I I don't, I don't sweat any of these people. I don't care who who faces me. It's like, that is a real strong way to make me not care (laughs) about a match that I wanted to care about. Yep. Because two weeks ago, you told me that Becky was angry and vengeful and coming after Shayna. And then this week, They even after the match, even if you say, you know, Becky was under orders that she'd be fined or suspended if she attacked Shayna during the match. The match is over and Shayna and her just kind of jaw for a second on the ramp. And then that's the end of the segment. Yep. That sucked. Yep. And it's insulting if you like if you watch the show. Yep.
0: Can't disagree with any of that cannot disagree with any of that i don't know if it's a matter of she doesn't have the stroke that i thought she had or she's choosing her battles or what but i thought that becky had enough pull now where and good enough instincts that something like that would not have happened but i can't disagree with anything you said <laughs> she she totally laughed off Shayna as a potential threat and it's like you you killed the angle you did two weeks ago you killed any interest in this feud and also shana did not look particularly good going back and forth with Kyrie, who is very good but has not been treated as such on the main roster and so shana didn't shana didn't look strong she looked even weaker after becky was done goofing off on commentary with Lawler for (laughs) for 10 minutes right (laughs)
1: Unless yeah, so unless this is leading to Shayna just like thrashing Becky and choking her out and winning the title at WrestleMania, I don't I don't have any interest in this anymore. <laughs> because it was like Becky was cocky and arrogant and didn't care yeah. and Shayna Shayna didn't look like a killer anymore. She looked like any other wrestler on the roster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you know what's gonna happen is they're gonna redo the angle at some point, <laughs> and And is gonna thrash her again before Mania. And then Becky's gonna go over at Mania. And we're gonna have another year of not having any opponents for Becky.
1: Yeah. Well, you know. They can move Lacey back to Raw, maybe or something, they can run that one Great. back for a while. Great. Awesome. You know awesome. you know that young up and comer Natalia is always is always yeah. raring to go for another program.
0: Yeah, you never know. Um, hey, I thought the Randy Orton and Beth Phoenix thing was really good on Raw. what did you think of that?
1: Yeah, it was. You know, it's funny because as it started and as it was going, I thought, "Yeah, this is maybe going a little too long." But then the ending, they they peaked like they peaked at the best part, which is not always the case in WWE talking segments. They, uh, Randy. As silly and soap opera y and pro wrestling y as his explanation for why he killed Edge uh, was, it makes sense. It it, it makes enough sense that I bought it. Um, And I'm a fan of when the villain believes that he's the hero. And he didn't, Randy Orton didn't kill edge because the fans booed him or something right as as is the case for the basis for about 99 percent of heel turns in the in wwe um no he did it he had very personal and specific motivations he articulated what those motivations were i thought beth phoenix played her part really well and i have not watched a lot of full raws in the last year um But I watched all three hours of that show because I thought at the end of that show, uh, Randy Gordon's going to RKO Beth Phoenix. And by God, he did it. And Edge, I guess, has been advertised for the show next week. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm still very interested in this feud. They have done a good job with it so far.
0: I'm with you in that when Beth came out and it was like, I don't know, There were still 17 minutes left in the show. I was like, what are they doing? Yeah. (laughs) And I could have done without, after the angle, they threw it to the three chucklehead announcers. (laughs)
1: Saxton (laughs) Lawler. Serious Byron Saxton? No. Awful. Saying his naughty words.
0: Friggin' awful. (laughs) Like, I thought it almost killed the angle. When afterwards they threw to the stupidness. (laughs) Stupid announcers who have to pretend like they're—they <laughs> should have just yeah. let the show should have run out in silence, as the, you know they're putting Beth on the backboard or whatever they were doing.
1: Like if that... anything, you you could have had like Byron and Lawler like run down to ringside to check on her.
0: Exactly, a thousand that percent.
1: Would've, that would have been way more effective than them standing around going, "Oh, you know he's gone too far right now." That that GDB.
0: Particularly because they're so instant, they're so bad at being since uh, cosplaying as sincere human beings.
1: You know, it's like it reminded me, and I I don't like to do WWEW uh, comparisons a lot, but for all of his many, many, and I do mean many faults, <laughs> when MJF turned on Cody, Jim Ross was great like and that that clip that plays of him just screaming, "You little bastard that they've mm-hmm. replayed about a thousand times, like he was great, and he really added to that angle and he added to the betrayal uh of of this dastardly heel uh you know attacking this virtuous good guy, and like announcers can. And sometimes do actually add to the story (laughs) in professional wrestling, but WWE announcers, either because of the way they're trained or just because they're not very talented, cannot do that. On and so God bless Byron Saxton. I know he was giving it his best shot, but he's not. That is not the role for him. (laughs) Is serious concerned man, you know, speaking on behalf of the company of of what a dark moment this is for the for the for world wrestling entertainment
0: all right well elimination chamber is sunday uh enjoy question mark uh is there anything else you want to discuss this week
1: no i uh i guess i guess that's about it um uh oh uh, undertaker confirmed wife guy on twitter now
0: <laughs> you you think it's him running the account and not michelle
1: I mean, I assume it's, like, an intern named, like, Kevin. But, yeah, no, I, I mean, I I it would not shock me if, much like, say, uh, sometimes it seems like maybe Rusev's wife is running his account. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it was also the case for... <laughs> the Undertaker had not tweeted since, like, September. <laughs> and he had only ever tweeted, like, very, like, clearly PR, like, written for him tweets right and then suddenly he decided to uh, respond to a wwe.com photo album which is where all of this spawned from right i really think wrestling twitter peaked this week i think with (laughs) with mean mark calloway uh uh getting getting upset that his wife was not in a wwe.com photo album
0: how dare they not remember the trailblazing Icon of women's wrestling, Michelle McCool.
1: <laughs> oh man, like you're like we've talked about this a hundred times, but how we have all of these trailblazing icons like Michelle McCool and Kelly Kelly, but also like the entire narrative is that Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha like were the the breaths of the, were like the actual breaking point where the divas ended and. Right. But like we're gonna put the Bellas in the Hall of Fame, even though they were the divas, and the, right. the divas were terrible and weren't, and were exploitative and didn't yeah. respect anything having to do with women being athletes, and yet also they're trailblazing heroes, and we're gonna put them in the Hall of Fame every year. Yep,
0: yep. The good news about this being a carny business is that still, is that uh, they never have to answer any real questions. So yeah. no one, no one will dare ask them about that dichotomy.
1: You don't, you don't think the guy from Sports Illustrated who thought Shane McMahon was actually running SmackDown <laughs> is going to hold their feet to the fire on this one?
0: I do not. By the way, he got quoted on AEW Dynamite this week and I did not.
1: <laughs> well, you didn't call it the best match you've ever seen like he and, he and Papa Dave did. So,
0: No, nope, I just called it the best tag match of the year.
1: How dare you? All right.
0: Well, I'm bitter. And that's it. Till next time, everybody. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Adios. And then don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features.
1: Yeah, you know, in two thousand seven, Joe Biden said that Medicare should be available for every person. And he said we could do it and then it was affordable. I wonder what happened in the last thirteen years that made him change his mind. Food for thought. There's a new comic book out it's called Strange Adventures. I recommend it. it involves the very classic sci fi hero Adam Strange, but it's a very real life take on him and involves depression and the sadness and stuff it's good it's interesting book so this is what a show with just me would be like huh probably good that we've never never tried that before your boy is tired
0: I'm really sorry about that pal.
1: I try to keep on keep it on.